I'm Alex Marlowe, Editor-in-Chief of Breitbart News, and this is the Breitbart News Daily Podcast. On today's show, we cover a variety of headlines at the top. I'd say more than usual, more variety. Tony Blinken got another swirly from the Chinese. Trump went on Fox News to mix results. I would say kind of unproductive. James Comer, his hype machine about the new alleged Biden bombshells continues to ramp up with, again, minimal results so far. And we have some weird good news in the trans culture war with a big protest at Dodger Stadium over the weekend, plus much more in the opening. Our guest today is John Binder, who is our top immigration reporter, and he's got an important check-in as he's caught the Biden administration doing some trickery in order to mask some of the truth about what's happening at our border. All of that in the opening of the show, and plus a great interview with John. Let's get into it. good weekend of Father's Day weekend, which was a good time for me. Um, Master Marlowe, Master Marlowe Jr. got me Father's Day presents, which involved them writing briefly about me. Uh, Master Marlowe uh, Sr., he correctly identified that I was 37 years old, but I learned that Master Marlowe Jr. believes that I'm six years old, or in Spanish, he believes I'm seis. And both of them agree that my favorite color uh, i'm sorry my favorite food is salad which is not true actually it's steak my favorite food is steak but they both agree that it's salad so i learned that this weekend um which was a, a delight that they both somehow got the impression that i'm more of a salad guy um and but of course they had to answer all this in spanish because they do a uh, spanish immersion school which is a true story because i think language is valuable believe it or not uh one thing that was a, a bit frightening is master marlo thinks my favorite color is a rainbow and I didn't know how to say rainbow in Spanish. I tried to look that one up to figure out what he was talking about. Um, and I thought that was very apropos because it's pride. And you know what? It's a, we can't get enough pride. That's it. That's the whole month. And it just has its way of working it into working it into your daily life. Um, so uh, also over the weekend. So yesterday we did a we, we took the opportunity to give the staff a day off because Juneteenth, I think, is now an official holiday. And I'm unclear on this. Did Biden make it a official holiday or was it Trump? I know Trump had talked about it. And I think I guess Biden. Yeah, Biden officially did it. That was kind of a miss by Trump. I think we should have. We should, He should have done that one. Uh, and also because part of it is celebrating the end of slavery. I think it's probably a worthwhile thing to do. I think it could be potentially something that's done well framed right. But of course, now we immediately frame it wrong. We frame it, of course, about how terrible America is, not about how relatively quickly America was able to get over this blight in our history and start moving forward and to make it eventually the greatest place in the world to be a black person, uh, regardless of uh, whether or not whatever your ancestry was. I mean, there's a, you, we can all agree, right? There's more black people in the world who would rather live in America than any other place. The, the Pretty, pretty easy to say. I don't know if that's always going to be the case, though, at this rate. feels like our race relations are going backwards in an, ama- an amazingly, amazingly awful way. Uh, I had a friend reach out to me who uh, had a client who was black and then fired them specifically because they were black. Uh, they, they, they were white. And I was thinking, 
wow, did you tell your boss that you got fired for pure racism? And they said, no, I did not because I didn't want that headache. But pretty nutty stuff that uh, we've moved back in that world. Where if you're providing a service, but you don't have the right skin tone, then you can get fired. And, and the, the black person uh, told the white person to their face they preferred a person of color for the job. So it's just, I, I don't know how that helps. And that is the mentality I think that's encouraged by much of our country. Um, but trying to come up with a, 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 a some sort of a way to commemorate the freeing of the slaves, the ending of slavery would probably be a productive thing, but of course it immediately just gets politicized. And that's what's such a shame about our current moment is we can't have any moment of unity. And the irony of this is our president campaigned specifically on uh, unifying the country and instead has done the exact opposite. As we all know, he has done everything he can to not unify the country. Um, There's a, by the way, 21 people were shot at a Juneteenth celebration in gun controlled Illinois. So there's a uh, about 2.30, 12.30 a.m. Juneteenth gathering in Willowbrook, 21 miles west of Chicago, 21 people shot. Just a very little information um, about what's going on that we have at our fingertips at the moment. But this is... It, it it's just it's just a shame what's going on in this country that that this is this will come and go from the news, but instead what will be the focus will be things like what the Washington Post is up to, where they're pointing out that Supreme Court Justice Kentonji Brown Jackson's ancestors were enslaved, but her husbands were enslavers. Um, I think the Washington Post was part of the cohort that when it came out in the run up to the twenty twenty election that Joe Biden's family owned slaves. Uh, that they were the ones who said it was false. I gotta look that up again. But uh, pretty much all the fact checkers said it was not true that Joe Biden's family owned slaves. Not that it was it was unknown. That it was flat out not true. And then right after the election was over, everyone said, "Oh yeah, yeah, he did. His family did own slaves." So how many of you didn't know that that Joe Biden's family at least two slaves, um, in Joe Biden's ancestry? It feels like if that was Trump, would have come up a little bit more often. The uh, Biden also was giving a speech over the weekend on gun control where he actually said, God save the queen. Did anyone catch that? That's just one of the most odd. This is what I need a deep investigation. I have to put a bunch of researchers on it. Why was he saying that? I don't think anyone knows. Um, Okay, so yesterday Donald Trump spoke to Brett Beer for an hour on Fox News. I want your thoughts on this, if he should be going on Fox News with Brett Beer. I, I just don't see how he helped himself. Um, the clips that are coming out, I did not watch all of it. I had a, a night where I had um, busy work all night, so I did not have a chance to watch the whole thing. But the clips are not great. Um, he was put on defense about his cabinet, and he said well, 10, 10 to 1, they were fantastic. That's just not not true. Trump's cabinet was gen- generally not great. A lot of them did not do well when they were in power. A lot of them betrayed him when they were in power and even more have betrayed them, betrayed him since. So I'm not sure what the logic is there, uh, but he put on defense on that. Um, he said that his family would not be a part of the administration, which I don't believe for a second. I think 100% the Jared and Ivanka will be back. And I think I don't even say this as a negative. Of course, it's a negative for me because I don't share their politics. Um, but I don't I'm just saying it as a point of fact that I think that Trump uh, 
I think correctly has identified that the only real people you can trust in Washington are family members. And that's why I think he surrounds himself with family members and I don't see that stopping. So um, he did see, he did, uh, I mean, of course I would like for that to be true. I think it's it would be great. But I, I don't think that that's actually what is, what's gonna happen. Um, uh, other Other clips, that are going viral, I think, for not so good reason, is he got asked about the documents, um, uh, the which are the ones that he's getting indicted for, the ones that were found in Melania's, you know, underwear drawer in Mar-a-Lago, and the, the quotes are not very good. Like every president, I take things out. In my case, I took out, uh, I took out pretty much in a hurry. People packed it up and left. I had clothing there. I had all sorts of personal items there. Much much stuff trying to read directly i have a lot of things in there i will go through these boxes i have to go through those boxes i take out personal things these boxes were interspersed with all sorts of things golf shirts clothing pants shoes there were many things i mean i I, obviously there's not indictment over over the golf shirts so it's it's not hurting him to say that necessarily it's just not i just know that if i'm trying to bring this up because if there were any if any other politician gave that answer to what was in the boxes, I would be making fun of them. So I will lightly point out it's not a good sign. Now, those of you who did not catch Friday's show where I had Trump attorney Alina Haba on, uh, I recommend everyone go back and do this because um, the, the she was a terrific guest for radio. She did not give me answers that made me feel more confident about Trump's case, that he's going to win the case, which is what I'm rooting for. This is one where I, I can be very biased in this regard. I hope Trump wins. So, um, the, the uh, she did not necessarily make me think that he's going to have a great explanation for why he had those documents and why he was allegedly waving them around in July of 2021, showing the documents and detailing, which is what's being reported, a, a attack plan on Iran. Which I don't know if that's true, but that's what all the... Uh, discussion is about all the rumors. So, um, uh, and you know, he's lost at least one lawyer. I'm sure he's difficult to work for us. So maybe that's what it is. Uh, I'm just concerned because I don't want him to go to jail. And I know this is not going to stop also. So I would like these cases to go away because there'll be new cases. And what if he wins? And he, uh, especially, I mean, he's going to be campaigning. He'll probably be the nominee. And so it'd be nice if he didn't have to be totally distracted uh, by all of these distractions, which is what they are. I mean, that's their main point to try to distract him, wear him out, et cetera. So I, I, and I think there'll be further indictments probably. Bill Barr said that he predicts that Trump is going to get indicted over January the 6th case this summer. And I know none of us like Bill Barr. I don't particularly like Bill Barr, but he's not joking around when he says that. He's not just a never-Trump troll. He's a bright person who's calling it like he sees it. So Trump insisted there was no document telling Brett Baer there was no document. There was a massive amount of paper and everything else talking about Iran and other things, and it may have been held up or not. That was not a document. I didn't have any document per se. There was nothing to declassify. There were newspaper stories, magazine stories, and articles. I mean, none of this is helpful. His lawyers must be pulling their hair out. He's saying this stuff. 
These people are very dishonest people. They are thugs. That is true. That is true. Uh, it's just, look, I, I've, I've beaten this dead horse, and I don't want to say it again, but I will say it again. I, I'm not happy he's doing these interviews on Fox. I, I don't see that how this helps him. It helps Fox. Puts Fox at the center of attention again. And this is not helping his legal case to say this stuff. So uh, if you have any more thoughts on that point, I would like to hear your thoughts on that point. All right, other stuff that's going on. Uh, Xi Jinping is meeting with Antony Blinken. So he, uh, Blinken apparently felt like getting yet another swirly from the Chinese. And the goal is, I guess, for China to gain some respect. So she told Blinken to respect China and to act rationally. It's apparently a cold meeting. Um, there, uh, the, the, Blinken had a goal of restarting U.S. military-to-military communications during the trip. Christina Wong wrote this up for Breitbart that there is a goal to restart U.S.-China military-to-military communication during the meeting, something the Biden administration has long sought. And uh, Blinken said, quote, I think it's absolutely vital that we have these kind of communications. And uh, he noted recent interactions where the Chinese fighter jet buzzed a U.S. military plane in late May over the South China Sea, for example. And at this moment, China has not agreed to move forward with that, Blinken said. I think that's an issue that we have to keep working on. It's very important that we restore those channels. So he failed. So that was the goal as far as we could tell. I mean, I'm sure they talked about, you know, cyber hacking or whatever. I think that was on the agenda. Um, But Beijing froze high-level military communications with the Pentagon and recently turned down Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin's proposal to speak to his Chinese counterpart at an Asian Security Conference in Singapore, Christina writes for us. So uh, they're just uh, icing us out. And again, American media just seems sort of relatively unconcerned about this. Blinken also said the spy balloon chapter should be closed after China talks. We'll tell you, I did a lot of digging in the spy balloon issue. Part of one of my research projects I'll be talking about and really horrible, horrible stuff by America. Truly 360 embarrassing exposes the whole Biden regime is just totally uh, incapable of dealing effectively with China. Because they, they just they got in the fetal position when China did the least bit. Um, the, 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 something that was the least bit overtly aggressive over America. Of course, China is constantly doing covert aggression. But the, some of those the least bit overt aggression and all of a sudden in the fetal position went Blinken and Biden and they had no idea what to do. And they, misma- they mishandle it every step of the way. I mean, to just, just to connect the dots is that we're going to get a lot more of this stuff unless we sort out all the Trump issues we got going on. Is that not right? And is that should that not be our top priority at this point? Sorting that out. Um. All right. Other things. Yeah. Joe Biden was uh, spent some of the weekend praising uh, Eva Longoria for her Hot Cheetos movie. You guys are you aware that there's a movie out about how they made the Hot Cheetos chips and it is a total fabrication. It's total fraud. Um, Eva Longoria, who's an actress, thinks she was on 
Desperate Housewives. Is that what she's best known for? I think so. So she direct, she's directing a movie about this story about how this janitor invented the Flaming Hot Cheeto snack, my absolute favorite snack as a kid. And Joe Biden called this exactly what the Hispanic American community embodies, the story of the Flaming Hot Cheetos invention. Uh, it's totally false. It's a totally false story. Uh, this guy's a con man, the guy who claims he invented the Hot Cheetos. Literally, and again, I'm not saying this to be judgmental. He's an actual con man. He did not invent the Hot Cheetos, and he was not a, if he was a janitor, he was only there briefly. There's no record at all of his story that he invented Hot Cheetos as janitor, then went on to become an executive at Frito-Lay, which is the story Eva Longoria portrays. It's a total lie. He told, he told this story to get media attention, and he did, and he became a public speaker and got paid to do it. There's no record of this. It's false. It was debunked, I think, by the LA Times years ago. And instead of making that story, which would have been amazing, it would have been an amazing movie about the con man who convinced the world he invented Hot Cheetos. I mean, that is unbelievable. That sounds like just the perfect content that this world of YouTube creators and TikTok creators, I mean, people would love that content. This amazing con, this guy pulled off saying he created the Hot Cheetos. He didn't really do it. That's the best. I would watch that in a heartbeat, but that's not what this is. This is a triumphant story that's false about a janitor inventing hot Cheetos and then becoming an executive. Why did she do that? Because she's making it seem like uh, it's a big accomplishment for the Latinxes. Because that is, I guess, really important for Latino or Hispanic people to feel like they invented hot Cheetos. I don't know, man. I love hot Cheetos. Maybe it is. Maybe that's a big one. I just find it to be pretty stunning that that's that's what Biden's on right now. And in the meantime, we're just getting literally while he's promoting Eva Longoria, Tony Blinken is wiping toilet water out of his eyes from getting yet another swirly from Xi Jinping in China. Um, Okay, other things. I feel compelled to bring up someone who did not have a good father's day was Hunter Biden. Um, he was in court testifying about his finances. It's just stunning to me that this court in Little Rock, Arkansas knows more about Hunter Biden's finances than probably any group of people on the planet. And that includes a James Comer's investigation. So recall that Biden is going through a long running child support dispute with the mother of his child. Um, his child's name is Navy Joan Roberts, who's four now, has not been acknowledged by his dad or his grandpa, who's the president of the United States. Navy's mother, London Roberts, uh, and Joe allegedly met when she was a stripper. Um, she, I'm sorry, she and uh, Joe, that's, that's funny, Hunter met when she was a stripper. And he got her pregnant. He's denied it the whole time, even though the the a DNA test came back revealing that Hunter is the father. Hunter was also had her on his payroll. I'm not sure how many strippers Hunter supposed keeps in his payroll typically. I'm sure it's more than one, but that is very odd. If um, Hunter denied that they had slept together, and yet he had her on his pay, payroll, uh, do you think there are any other strippers on Hunter's payroll who he's not slept with? Just I'm I'm guessing that's a low number. But you never know. It just maybe he's got reserve strippers. It's waiting around for him. Um, 
So he owes them a lot of money. He actually, one time, I think he, 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 this is a true story. Uh, I will hunt down the exact details if anyone corrects me. I don't think you will, but I'm pretty sure that he flew on a private plane to testify at the court that he had financial hardship and could not pay the child support. If that story's wrong, it's just because it was separate. It was separate trips, but he's definitely flown a private plane to these hearings or been flown on one. Can't really have Hunter flying commercial, I'm guessing. I'm guessing the Bidens make sure that he's hooked up with some with some PJs. And then when he gets there, he notes that he cannot afford to pay, I think it's supposed to be $20,000 a month to his uh, baby mama or one of his baby mamas. Uh, but I just find it to be totally fascinating that so many of Hunter's finances are known to the small court. And of all the culture of leaks we have, we don't get all these yet. Maybe we will one day. Uh, you know, I would like for there to be some level of privacy in this country, but I have to admit, I, I'm I'm rooting for it. I'm rooting for it. Something to come out. Of all the leaking on Trump, of all the non-leaking on the Democrat establishment, I get a feeling it's not going to happen, though, but I'd say, wouldn't that be something? I just find it so appalling the way this family is treated, that poor girl, Navy Joan. First Lady Jill Biden left Navy out of a Christmas stocking display at the White House. Joel, ba- Joel Pollack reminds us of Breitbart. She honored her other six grandchildren. Those Bidens have a real blind spot here. You have a lot of blind spots, but this is... That's for sure one of them. Um, speaking of Comer, Comer is continuing to talk a pretty big game. And he has said that uh, that bank records, he predicts bank records will show the Biden family accepted up to $30 million from foreign businesses. And I think the $30 million number sounds pretty pretty good. I mean, I've gone through, I spent a lot of time going through what's available about the Bidens and their business records. Uh, The size of the companies from the overseas companies that Hunter was cutting deals with are so big. The companies are so big that 30 million is not an impossible number at all. I mean, the, the, we're dealing with margins for some of these businesses that are, I mean, that is a rounding error. So I think that's possible. I just would like to hear a little more than I predict this will happen from Comer, who's the House Oversight Committee chairman. And I would like to actually start seeing some of these. Here's the problem. This has the makings a little bit. The pattern here is if we're not careful, it could be one of those media stories where it's all hype and then there's very little delivery. Uh, You know, Benghazi comes to mind. Um, Russia hoax comes to mind. Uh, these aren't perfect comparisons, but I'm seeing there's a little bit of a pattern of things where one of them on the right, one of them on the left, we get obsessed with these things. And then unless there's a real payoff, then it, it, it kind of goes away without having a huge effect on what's going on. So that's what I'm, I'm hoping we'll actually see some of these things, some of these documents that are being alleged. Uh, some emails are showing uh, allegedly. Oh, these are from the laptops. These are real. A Burisma executive opened a Maltese bank account for Hunter Biden. That's good. I had not known that. A Maltese bank account. 
Oh yeah, this is Marco Polo. That's that group of people who uh, really have gone deep on the laptop. Yeah, they've forgotten more information than I know about the laptop. Those people are really, really in the weeds on that. There's so much stuff on the laptop. I mean, you could still find there like minor details like this, but there's still more out there that people haven't even gotten around to. Um, okay, 866-95-PATRIOT if you want to be part of the show. I'm trying assiduously to avoid more trans content. I've got some of that. I, I will, I guess, mention, I do feel like it was, I was encouraged by what happened at the Dodger game. Where, recall that the Dodgers were, uh, they were inviting these um, sisters of perpetual indulgence to Pride Night, uh, which is a group of sexual fetishists. Sam Brinton was a part of them, remember? The uh, non-binary guy who had the mustache, who wore dress, who was in charge of nuclear waste disposal for our country. Um, and the so do, the Dodgers invited them and then uninvited them when a lot of people said, hey, well, why do we have actual Satanists here? And then... Um, the the after the outrage the reverse outrage was so bad they reinvited them because they don't have a spine um but huge amounts of protests thousands of people blocked entrance to Dodger Stadium on Pride night and there were a lot of, of viral photos of um stadium looking empty it was very early in the day so I don't I don't think the stadium remained empty but it's still fun I like the pushback But a lot of people understanding that this group isn't just about trans, it's about it's anti-Catholicism. The, the group is about attacking Christians. It's religiously bigoted what the group does. And it's nice that I thousands of people got activated enough to go to Dodger Stadium, which even if you're in L.A., it's sort of pretty inconvenient to get there. And I like that. People voting with their feet, trying to raise awareness. We have some great footage of Breitbart News. Um, I thought it would give some level of positive news. Because I, any sort of grassroots activism and effort where people are motivated to get out and protest, I think is generally a good thing if they can do it peacefully, and they did in this case. So a lot of people praying as they should be. A lot of these people, they need they need prayer said for them. Um. Yeah, a lot of the streets shut down. I think it's good. I think it's all good. We need some level of civil disobedience at this point with some of the stuff. It's just gotten so out of control. And it, it is clearly not slowing down. I mean, we saw what happened at the White House. When you've got the men with the fake boobs pulling their fake boobs out at the White House and Joe Biden walking around high-fiving everyone. I, I think we know what we need to know, right? That this stuff is not going away. So it is. there's only one option. It's to fight back. But we got to fight back in a way that's can hopefully convince people and bring people to our sides. I, I do wonder, uh, watching the trans debate wage online, um, that I don't know if the right, even though we have the best arguments, if we're making the most charismatic arguments. And I thought this was pretty impressive. I thought this was a good display and something that was a, a lot more character than what we saw from the Dodgers first inviting these group of sexual fetishists Baseball is a kid's game, right? I mean, do we need to debate this? That's a game for kids, for children. 
And when you have the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, which is simultaneously trans, fetishist, and anti-Christian, as part of a celebration, then you're trying to groom kids into it. Right, Dodgers? I mean, what other logic is there? So it seems like a good place to push back. Um, uh, Gavin Newsom tipped the Democrats' hand on this one a little bit. He was doing an interview. Which one was this interview? Uh, this was, oh, this is one with uh, Alex Michelson in um, California. He's a good, he's a good reporter in California stuff. And he was asking about biological men competing in women's sports. And Newsom called it a small issue that's been weaponized. And no one has the answer. Now, that's interesting. So the, that, to me, shows some vulnerability. Because Newsom's a smart guy. He's on top of this stuff. He's a medium smart guy, not too smart. But he knows the arguments because he's trying to get elected president one day. But that, that's not a... He's not taking a strong stand on behalf of men who want to compete against women. Because he doesn't want to lose that coalition. He doesn't want to lose that coalition of voters uh, that is obsessed with the trans issue. But that's clear that they don't have a good response to that one. Because obviously it makes no sense for men to be allowed to compete against women in all sports and take their trophies and take their scholarships and all that stuff, which is where we're going if we're not already there. So uh, I, I think they have some insecurity on that one. All right, last one I'll bring up for now, and then we can take some calls at 866-95-PATRIOT if you're inclined to give us a call. Um, and I'm curious if any of you have more insight in this than I do, but the hottest story right now in the world, for whatever reason, is a desperate search in the Atlantic, and it is for, I guess, remnants of the Titanic? And in this search, a submarine has gone missing looking for the Titanic. So Titan is what's the name of the submarine? Submersible. It's a submersible, 22 foot long metal cylinder, room for four people. Um, it's basically steered allegedly by a PlayStation controller and it communicates by text with a mothership, according to reports I'm reading. And it's an experimental thing. It was engineered by people with NASA connections. And they're going to check out the Titanic wreckage, an expedition. And it's just gone. People have lost it. And this has really captivated people's imaginations for whatever reason. One of Pakistan's richest men, a UK-based board member of Prince's Trust Charity, and his son are trapped alongside a British billionaire where the Daily Mail summed it up. So a desperate search in the Atlantic as air runs out hours after the last ping above the wreck. That is not a good proposition. Uh, the ocean is pretty vast. Uh, I don't know how you would have a rescue mission underwater, uh, how likely that is to succeed. But it is really remarkable. It's a, it's a PlayStation controller that they've reinforced is how they steer this thing. And it's this tiny little thing. It looks really cramped. I would get so claustrophobic in this thing. Just amazing. And what would be the point to go check out the wreckage of the Titanic? I'm also stunned that this is so popular with people. It just every every news outlet seems to have this as their lead story, wherever you go. 
So uh, it would be the deepest recovery mission in history if they're able to find these people. And the the Coast Guard announced they believe they have 70 to 96 hours to locate this pretty tiny vessel. There's a 900-mile area off of Cape Cod at roughly 13,000 feet. If this rings a bell to any of you, if this means anything, any of these numbers, uh, please fill us in. Because I would love to I would love to catch up the audience exactly why it's such a big deal. But I hope they find it. The Ocean Gate Titan. Interesting. John Bender's on. Normally, I temper some of the bad news he covers on the border with fashion news because he's also our fashion notes reporter. But uh, we have no fashion today. It's all border and important stuff, not happy stuff. But you need to know about it if you want to be informed about one of the crises of our time. Definitely worth getting fired up over this. Let's hear from John. First of all, we're post Title 42. Uh, How are we doing it feels like the cartels figured out that if they push too many people across, it would it would backfire. I figured they would do this, and so they would sort of keep it off of the front page every single day. Uh, but do you have a sort of 30,000-foot tracking this for us day to day? Well, I mean, you know, if you're listening to, like, the corporate media, there's, there's no issue anymore. Um, somehow they took away Title 42, and... All illegal immigration at the border just stopped in its tracks, and it's not coming anymore, Um, which, of course, is a lie and not true. Um, What the administration has very effectively done is convert border apprehensions or encounters um, into people requesting release into the country through ports of entry. And that is what has occurred. Um, You know, the Biden administration has set up a number of programs that asks people in Mexico to funnel themselves through the ports of entry every single day along the U.S.-Mexico border. And what happens as a result of that? Uh, Those folks come to the ports of entry, do not cross in between the ports of entry, and are subsequently released through the ports of entry. Um, So does that mean less people are coming? Of course not. It just means that they've been able to reduce the apprehension numbers by asking people to come through different, quote unquote, lawful pathways. Um, And, you know, I mean, just this just this past week, by the way, um, because the administration has implemented one of these programs, the CBP one app that migrants literally use an app to schedule appointments to get released into the U.S. interior. Um, And now there's been such problems with the app because migrants are being extorted by Mexican officials on the Mexico side of the U.S.-Mexico border. They're being demanded to pay money to Mexican officials along the border in order to keep their appointments, that the administration was forced to shut down the CBP-1 app uh, in a number of ports of entries, uh, specifically in Mexico across from Texas. I mean, there are such problems with doing these kinds of things. And we've been told by the administration that 
you know, this is the safe and humane way of dealing yeah. with illegal immigration. Yeah. So it's and and so, but hold on though. So is the uh, so are they just abandoning the app? Did this get any media fanfare? Because this happens when the Biden administration starts a program and then doesn't go well. Then they just sort of like just drop it and no one notices in the media typically. Yeah. You know, yeah. Exactly. Um, I think this was reported on by one outlet. I think the Associated Press, of course, we reported on this. Yeah. Um, but it got no play anywhere else, despite, you know, immense coverage about the CBP one app um, dating back to January of from all of the corporate outlets um, praising this, you know, ingenious idea. Why didn't anyone think of this? Give migrants a way to go on their phones and schedule appointments for release into the country. Um, and it's not being abandoned. I mean, the program is still being used at most ports of entry um, throughout the U.S.-Mexico border. They've only closed it down in parts of Texas where they've heard reports from folks in Mexico where they say, you know, this is being used as extortion. Um, And especially for those, you know, who are coming from Russia or Eastern Europe, um, Ukrainians as well, um, short Chinese, um, those are the folks that are most likely to be extorted. Um, yeah, this is one of the benefits. This is one of the absolute benefits that the Biden administration has from the media that protects them is they can just announce stuff and it can fail and then no one notices when stuff fails. Um, okay, let me ask you about this expert witness who's claiming that Biden is trying to boost child migration trafficking by ending DNA testing in the southern border. How much are we DNA testing? And, uh, it, and because it feels like it's really important to do just because we know that the children are used as pawns to try to get people to be able to stay because of the whole unaccompanied uh, minor angle that the, that that the left and the media work consistently. Yes, no, exactly. Yeah. Um, For folks that don't know, um, children are very important when it comes to trying to get released into the country. Um, Because if you arrive with a child, they'll keep you with the child at some point. Um, you know, you'll be like briefly detained, but then you'll most likely be released um, with the child. Uh, and so, what the Trump administration did back in 2019 is they started this massive pilot program where they started DNA testing all the adults that were arriving with children at the border to ensure that they were who they claimed to be. You know, aunts, uncles, or parents. Um, someone with biological relation to the child that they're arriving with to ensure that kids were not being trafficked um, by human smugglers to get in, just so that the human smugglers could get into the United States or illegal aliens could get into the United States using children. Um, And this came after reports, I mean, reports for decades, that kids are being recycled at the border um, to constantly, you know, being used to get adults into the country. Um, And so this started under the Trump administration where DNA testing um, was being used all along the border um, to reduce child trafficking. And the Biden administration has subsequently ended that program where there is now reportedly no DNA testing happening happening along the border. 
And it's astonishing because this comes at a time when there has been such issues with the Biden administration's handling of the Unaccompanied Alien Children program, where kids arrive at the border supposedly unaccompanied. They're mostly teenagers. They're mostly boys. Um, and they get released into the country. They go through DHS, then HHS, and then they're released to an adult sponsor that is already living in the country. Um, and we've had whistleblowers now for months talking about the fact that tens of thousands of these kids are ending up in a huge labor trafficking pipeline, working, you know, grueling jobs. And they're being released to adult sponsors that are abusing them, you know, or neglecting them in many ways. There's another one of these crimes, John, it seems like we have these every day in Florida, an illegal alien kidnapped, beat and raped a woman in what's been described as a sadistic attack. You know, if we just put the fence up, then you'd eventually can stop writing about these stories. But we we can't do it. We just won't do it. And we're comfortable with all this, all this suffering. And just so often, it feels like every day, every other day, we see another one like this. Yes. I mean, it is so horrific. I mean, in this particular case, you know, the local police were talking about it in a way where they just described this woman's injuries that she took to, you know, her head, her face, um, because this illegal alien allegedly, you know, kidnapped her, took her to a wooded area, um, raped her, beat her. She had to try to run away, fend him off had to run into a neighborhood, you know, looking for folks to help her, eventually calls police and they're able to track this guy down. And lo and behold, you know, he's not even supposed to be here. Um, You know, there was another case um, that we have up on Breitbart as well um, about an illegal alien who has an extensive criminal record dating back to 2006. Um, And he's now accused of driving while intoxicated um, and killing a 68-year-old woman, a mother of three, a grandmother of five in Wichita Falls, Texas. I mean, these are cases that are just happening on a weekly basis now because of the rate and the level of illegal immigration into the country. And you think about these families and the fact that you know, not only should someone not be drunk driving, I mean, of course, you know, that's that's a given. You know, we have laws on the books to prevent that kind of stuff, and we try to enforce them. I mean, police, local police try to enforce those laws with, you know, you, you run up on those checkpoints every once in a while in your neighborhood and whatnot. Um, but then you think about what is the federal government's role in this? You know, yeah. they are tasked with enforcing federal immigration law. Why were these guys even here? Um, And it's their failures that cost these American lives. Yeah, well, and it's, they also still have the pull factors on. I mean, I'm looking at this story that you also reported on how illegal aliens are costing American hospitals billions in unpaid medical bills. I mean, this has been going on for decades. Is that I've got family and friends who are in, training programs where they're obliged to give virtually the exact same care that tax-paying American citizens with insurance get that to illegal aliens and like you don't ask questions is that the illegal, the illegal aliens come in 
and then they get the care end of story and that's it and i'm not even saying that once they're here it's beneficial for society to not give them care that causes other problems the problem is john is that we're using that as an incentive for the illegal aliens to come here and we're not going to do anything about it because it's too uncomfortable for us to discuss it unless of course you know you're on breitbart or conservative talk radio right no you're exactly right um the unpaid you know hospital bills is a major pull factor um, because, you know, I mean, we've had reporting over the last couple of years now where, um, you know, illegal aliens are arriving at the U.S.-Mexico border with, like, their 92-year-old grandmother in a wheelchair. Um, and they're coming precisely because she needs some kind of surgery. And they're going to California because California recently opened their state health care rolls up to its illegal population. Um, you look at a state like Illinois, another sanctuary state that recently created a health care program specifically so that state taxpayers, who I imagine are already overburdened in the state of Illinois, um, are paying for a health care program specifically for illegal aliens. And I mean, state officials there thought that would cost like two to four million dollars a year. And of course, now you know, it's going to cost over a billion dollars. Um, and that is always the case. The costs of these things are always lowballed to push them through to get it so that taxpayers feel, okay, you know, this is manageable. If folks are here, then, you know, obviously we have to provide them care anyway. Um, and then you get stuck with this massive bill. Um, you're paying for other folks to be able to um, arrive at the emergency room um, and leave without ever having to pay a dime. That is exactly right. And that is uh, uh, couple that with and John, we don't have time to get into this, but I mentioned this on last week in, during last week's broadcast that uh, Joe Biden celebrating the DACA illegal aliens. It, it's not just that they're they're here and we have to deal with them as we have to celebrate them and in the meantime if you're going to celebrate the illegal aliens that biden wants to cherry pick then that means they're going to be a welcoming place for the illegal aliens like the guy who committed the sadistic attack in florida and uh a completely disenfranchised position in the establishment press but i guess i've made that point a few times over the years john thanks for the wonderful reporting read everything you write to breitbart news we'll take a break be right back That is today's show. Thanks to all of you for listening and telling 10,000 friends and family members. And Zach Jones puts it together. We'll talk to you tomorrow.